Ah, oh, for Christ's sake, Anakin! Hello and welcome to episode 47 of For Christ's Sake, Anakin. I'm your host, Matthew Neugebauer, coming to you live to air on this May 5th, or May 2nd, sorry. It's out of 5 and the 2. May 2nd, 2019. It is the Thursday after the second Sunday of Easter, if you're counting. Yes, we are finishing the Lenten series on uh, Cardinal Virtues in the original trilogy. Didn't quite get to finishing up because I'm coming to you live to air from overcast, cool suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada, back where this all started. Um, you know, vacation was packing up, dealing with Holy Week, packing up, uh, moving to Edmonton, back on vacation. So, all that stuff, all that to say, sitting down here now, talking to you guys about the Cardinal Virtues in Return of the Jedi. The, uh, isn't too much news, I haven't be able to, you know, to, to watch Collider Jedi Council, whatever. There's still all the stuff from uh, Celebration in the, you know, in a few weeks ago, whatever where it was, I guess it would have been three, three weeks ago now. Um, so, not too much to report. I talked about the Clone Wars panel, that I really like the, the Phantom Menace Celebration. That was fine. Again, the the ovations for Ahmed Best and for Kelly Marie Tran in the Resistance panel. Definitely highlights there. The one thing I do want to get off my chest is the Mandalorian panel. I, I love everything John Favreau does. Turns to gold. Dave Filoni also has the Midas touch. They talk about, this is just one little nit. They talk about, oh, let's explore what happens after Return of the Jedi in the fall of the empire it's like this cool new idea that we already saw in the aftermath trilogy and yes i see how it would fit with the canon the galactic concordance had more to do with the core worlds the new republic has much smaller reach so yes there's chaos out there but i do worry that this is still more marginalization of chuck wendig <laughs> and the for, for no good reason but uh Yes, John Favreau is brilliant, but it's not like he's the first person we've seen explore this. So that's my little nitpick from Celebration. It, the show itself, The Mandalorian, it looks cool from what I've heard. For people who are into the gritty, the grime, I'll of course watch it Disney Plus. Uh, looks like an interesting story. It's not necessarily going to be my biggest, most favorite thing. That what that'll be Clone Wars at least for for Disney Plus, Clone Wars in Episode Nine, but in terms of th speaking of the things that I'm most looking forward to, about a hundred pages into Master and Apprentice, which I've said before, it was my most anticipated thing to come out in 2019, more than Episode Nine, and it is more than I could have asked or imagined. Yes, I thought it would be cool prequel Jedi, Phantom Menace. Uh, at 20, TPM at 20, uh, let's explore that, let's explore the story, her, Claudia Gray's short story, and from a certain point of view, also called Master and Apprentice, was fantastic, and then it goes into, this novel goes into interpretation of prophecy, and prophetic literature, and how to interpret it in terms of our context in our day, and how to interpret it literally, 
or not in light of what the authors originally intended and what the light of how it can speak to us today. Basically, the whole it's a one big first Christ Catechism moment. So, it is worth uh, it, it deserves its own full episode, which I'll try and get that out to you. Uh, on that note, though, a bit of sad news, or I don't take it as you will. Uh, the I mentioned a few months ago that I'm gonna think about where this podcast is going and how it's maybe changing or performing so what's clear to me a few things are clear to me over the next three months i'm going to be doing a very intensive course um, hospital chaplaincy and so i'm going to want to relax as much as i can when i'm this is a bit of a confession here part of the reason why these these episodes can get so few and far between is because the thought of getting up and doing these episodes by myself, the joy isn't in it anymore. Just the excitement of the initial thrust of I get to produce and create content. The grind, if you will, it, it just by my doing it by myself isn't that enjoyable anymore. I guess I do like getting my thoughts out. It hasn't really taken off the way I wanted. I think the biggest thing is the initial thrust of this podcast, which was really exploring theological themes in the prequel trilogy. Uh, that had run its course. I had gotten all my thoughts out maybe about a year ago. <laughs> and so I'm not shutting this down. I'm not stopping. I'm not closing it. I am putting it into what I'm calling archive mode a little bit. I do want to keep the podium web url i want to keep the the free hosting and all that um, but i'm not going to try and do kind of a regular weekly thing where i'm weekly or bi-weekly or whatever where i'm sitting here trying to talk for 45 minutes about some topic um, <laughs> as best i can by myself what i will likely do is something more make it more akin to the rogue episodes if you go back and Rogue one, two, three, four, whatever. Things that come up shorter, 20, 25 minute. Don't worry about news, just diving into uh, uh, things that are interesting, maybe like Master and Apprentice. There is talk of having, I'm trying to figure out how to bring some other folks into an episode on Master and Apprentice. But uh, the, the topical episodes are kind of petering it so <laughs> take that as you will for now we'll see how things might change in the future but that's where i'm at so uh, i hope you've enjoyed this journey uh i, I we still have one more episode here to do <laughs> but signing off but um thank you for listening so far and it's been informative it's been entertaining it's been fun um going to take a step back for at least trying to put the pressure on myself to get something out in the next three months. So I have a cup of water. I do have water with me. I don't have R2. Didn't try and fit him in my carry-on suitcase on the plane. Packing light, folks. Packing light. Uh, have some water. Here we go. Okay.
So Cardinal Virtues in Return of the Jedi. And just a refresher, the Cardinal Virtues are using kind of more common English uh, wisdom, justice, patience, and courage. I'm not going to go on that or I'll probably go, I don't know quite what are courage, well, patience, wisdom, justice, that combination that came out of Aristotelian thought, these habits that we learn to live well, live well for others, live well for ourselves. In Christian theology, they be they get taken up into becoming defined by the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Uh, they're found within them. Uh, and so, for example, charity or love requires justice, requires a level of fairness and equality between two partners. Or at least fairness. You can love someone even if there's an equal power relationship. That relationship still needs to be just in order for it to be loving. But justice isn't the most important thing. It, 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 it's important, but you don't stop there and just say... Yeah, and and the, the liberal tradition said justice... At its at its the fault of the liberal tradition is to stop at justice, and so we have proceduralism. We have uh, stopping at individual rights and not moving towards what kind of just society we want. A just society involves relationships of charity, and by charity I don't mean handing out coins from a distance. I mean self-giving and love. Right. So that's that relationship. But we can still think about and look at where we see wisdom, patience, ju uh, justice, and uh, courage. <laughs> That's the last one. In, in, in stories and in, uh, in life. And what's fascinating as I've thought about this is it, it's a way of talking about the overall arc of the characters. Where they come from. Where they end up. And as you see in the the the, the picture and the, the photo and the, the podcast art and the title, Luke, of course, ends up on the Death Star throwing away his lightsaber, saying, I'm, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. And I'll just go straight into that one. No, I'll wait till the end for that one. Sorry. <laughs> it's a good way of closing it off. Let's go bit by bit here, who might show patience in, in Return of the Jedi? And surprisingly, Han Solo shows a lot of patience. There's a lot of situations where before he would have gone in, guns a-blazing, you know, the approach to Endor, the whole plan, with the shuttle requires him to... Uh, you know, I mean, it's related to when he he flies into the the Star Destroyer and Empire Strikes Back and hides there. But that's a lot of wisdom there. Patience just to sail smoothly. And we'll do it real quiet, like approaching the the uh, the shield generator um, with the Ewoks. 
and we'll get to to Luke in a second, but with the Ewoks, he even is able to be patient with them. He's not annoyed. These furry little things. Yeah, it's, it's not good that he's being uh, roasted for dinner, but he's able to, he doesn't dismiss them as inconveniences. So Han has grown there. Luke, very clearly, as we see, has his Qui-Gon moment. He is far more attuned to the present, and uh, and that's also an example of wisdom, where there is the the sticks pointing at Han and Luke and everybody, and and Luke says, "No, it'll be all right. It doesn't look all right, but it'll be all right." Thanks to Brian Young, who pointed out this is a lesson that Yoda had taught him is a lesson of of the Gungans and how Qui-Gon was able to see in the Gungans maybe not the most efficient way but the the efficient way to deal with the Trade Federation and to get to Padme but the one that would actually create the most good for, for everyone. So Luke and Han they can go in their guns a-blazing um, and Leia, she's already captured, so by, by, well, not captured, she actually goes off with Wicket, and so she's not really in the scene here, but, um, they can go in there with guns a-blazing, but they don't. They actually play the slow, patient game of, let's see where this plays out, let's see how this species that we're used to looking down on, the types of species actually might uh, be really of, of great benefit. They hate the Empire being there too. So so that's patience in Return of the Jedi. Wisdom I mentioned before. Um, I mean, Leia is always going to be wise. She, I'm trying to think of the type of things she has to do. It is more, th in retrospect, it seems more to be Han and, and Luke's story. Whereas uh, New Hope and, and Empire have more on Leia. Um, again, Luke has the wisdom to see, uh, you, know, you know, the wisdom to, to, to see what the Ewoks can bring about, can grasp that, you know, and wisdom can see beyond appearances, right? He's learned that even directly from Yoda, that to not judge people by their size and see, and not just even their usefulness, but how we can come together and uh, may, and take you know, concrete action to make a better world. So Luke shows that wisdom. Um, Obi-Wan was always the wise one. And, and in this, in the city on the log, what's interesting is, and they, yeah, I guess, I mean, this is also more an empire, but 
what's fascinating about uh, about Return of the Jedi is just how prequelist it is. I've, I've thought this before, but you watch this film, and part of wisdom, and this is we see in The Last Jedi, the greatest teacher failure is, is exploring the past and learning the past. And, you know, Obi-Wan on the log is directly, Obi-Wan Yoda on the log, they're directly uh, engaging the story. And Luke, when he, he understands that he has to confront Vader. I wonder if he has within him, well, no, we know he has within him the sense that he might be turned that it might not involve a lightsaber duel. It might involve some other display of peace and courage <coughs> to turn Anakin back, bring him back. And so, yeah, and like I said before, in that final thing, and you know, I'll get to the end, Luke shows all four. And the plan... I mean, it isn't necessarily wise. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, there's a last-ditch plan. They're desperate. The Rebel Alliance is throwing everything they have at the second Death Star, trying to get the Emperor. Of course, none of them actually end up being the ones to kill the Emperor, kill Darth Sidious. Admiral Akbar recognizing, and Lando recognizing the shields still up or you can't get any signal you know they're there turn around this this the wise strategy of going towards the star destroyers rather than <laughs> towards the death star making the the gorilla it's almost gorilla tactics in space in a way making muddying things up for for the empire that likes very clean orderly assault and defense so, and then, of course, Darth Sidious himself has this foreknowledge, both, and it is a type of wisdom. It, it, it's practical wisdom to know how to face your enemy. <laughs> um, knowing that the rebels will throw everything at them, knowing that they can trap them, knowing that it'll put Luke in this tempting situation. That he'll be tempted to grasp his lightsaber, which he does. And potentially to strike Sidious down, which he almost does. Until Vader, almost Anakin, intervenes. Very much like he does, of course, in Revenge of the Sith. With Mace Windu almost, <laughs> almost doing the exact same thing. I wonder in that moment, and I've always wondered... Is when Vader ignites his lightsaber to stop Luke. Wonder, yes, he, yes, he's protecting his master, who you know is, is almost about to be struck down. Protecting his master from being killed. I've always wondered, even growing up, is that also Anakin protecting Luke from the dark side? Knowing that Sidious is right to strike, for Luke to strike him down, 
is the will lead him straight to the dark side the way uh, <laughs> just as quickly as Anakin was able to turn to the dark side I wonder if this is Vader slash Anakin this glimpse of wisdom glimpse of saying it's too late for me son but it's not too late for you <laughs> and in this burgeoning emerging re-emerging consciousness remembering who he is so courage Yen Han showing a lot of courage in this plan. Leia, this is interesting, and I don't know if this fits into courage, so to speak, but what struck me is uh, with, with Return of the Jedi, with Han and Leia's relationship, versus with Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of women especially, have started to comment to say, actually, Han is a bit toxic in Empire Strikes Back. Like I said last time, it hasn't aged well to be to be generous to it. In Return of the Jedi, Han has learned that you know the, the crusty exterior is actually cowardice, is actually to, to hide behind it is actually not being a hero, not being brave, not being wise not being courageous. In Return of the Jedi, Han finally lets the heart of gold on display. Finally lets it out. He's even willing to give up Leia to Luke. Right. And I'll get to <laughs> sure remember how Leia very much shows courage. It's interesting. Courage the word there, heart, with heart. And it takes courage to actually express how you feel, what you want. It takes courage to accept that the reality of the situation might not, uh, might not go your way. And so, and so Han, it shows courage. Han shows a lot of courage in showing compassion to Leia. Compassion that he probably would have laughed at and scoffed at months before, years before. He's, of course, being holed up in Corbomite for six months or however long. So maybe he has, I don't know if he's conscious during that time. What's very clear in Empire Strikes Back is he's actually afraid and can't help but show that afraid when he's be, about to be thrown into the freezing chamber and can't help but show that to Leia. Oh, I love you. I know the, you know, that was improvised empire in return of the Jedi. I'm guessing it was scripted. The fact it's reversed, that line gets reversed and he able even to say to Leia, I love you to open himself up to that and open himself up to the hurt that inevitably comes with, with love and intimacy. The commitment that, that might entail. At the end of the Return of, of Return of the Jedi, he sees that that commitment is worth it. But 
of course, we see later on, we know later on in the canon at least, that they kind of fall back into their old patterns, unfortunately. But to start out here, you know, Han shows a lot of courage with Leia. Leia <laughs> realized, or remembered, and she's the one who kicks it off with the most courageous move of all. Personating right? the bounty hunter. Um, and it was just the Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion comic about that, interestingly enough. That and related to Maz and how she gets a suit and all that. Um, the bounty hunter, <laughs> the. Uh, it's almost brash what she does. It isn't because, I mean, it's brash in the sense of gutsy, but still also very wise. You know, the wisdom showing courage, the wisdom to know when to be brash is kind of <laughs> bounty hunter. This bounty hunter is my kind of scum, right? The thermal detonator. Sneaking into Jabba's palace. To save Han and, and to rescue him doesn't quite work out the way immediately, uh, but that's because they need the whole team together. And that's the thing. It isn't. It isn't that Leia is, is weak and is is too weak to save Han. It's that they just need the whole team together. And that's you know the the family point of of Star Wars running throughout. What's an, a wonderful change in the fandom? Leia with the golden bikini is no longer slave Leia. Nobody calls her that. She's now Hut Slayer. She's now, uh, you know, the this very corrupt crime boss. She has the courage to take on, and it is violent. I get that, but. Uh, in the moment, she understands, she knows, okay, I gotta, here's my chance. And knowing how much chaos and havoc he's wreaked throughout the region, especially on Tatooine. There's the opportunity, just like with the Rebels later on. Finally, the opportunity to take out a kingpin. And uh, with the hope, of course, that <laughs> a more just form of government will will arrive and will take on the scene like with Cobb Vanth a little bit speaking of the aftermath trilogy but also of course with the new republic so courage Luke confronting Vader there's even a sense of justice in this there will be justice. I mean, and this gets in part gets to well, the fact that Anakin doesn't survive this encounter. It's the whole uh, uh, the whole question of is Anakin redeemed? Anakin is at least the redeemer, and this is and we don't know where Rise of Skywalker is going to take this, but this is of course the moment. Injustice, the scales, balance. It's, of course, the moment in which Anakin Skywalker brings balance to the Force. At least 
we don't know for the time being. <laughs> right. The Jedi have been cleansed from their fall to the dark side 35 years before. Now the rule of the Sith have been taken out. The tyranny of the Sith has come to an end. The injustice of the Sith have come to an end and of the Empire. And in its place, hopefully again, a more just New Republic can emerge, can arise. It's justice. Luke, going into the Emperor's throne room, clearly wants restitution. Clearly wants retribution <laughs> in some ways. It, of course, takes this tremendous courage to walk straight into the lion's mouth and to face his own identity um, that his father is Darth Vader. I remember Ryan Johnson saying that that's the hardest thing he could learn is that there's this seed of evil within him to face that and to say, uh, I'll not fight you. I'm a Jedi like my father before me. Throwing away the lightsaber. Tremendous courage. Wisdom. To know. First of all. He probably can't win. A lightsaber duel. But if he did. It would fill him with the hate. And the anger. And the bitterness. That would lead him straight to the dark side. That. It would do nothing. To bring Anakin back. That is his primary focus. Right. It would do nothing to keep fighting. Would do nothing to to end the tyranny and evil of the empire. And so he has the wisdom to throw his lightsaber away and and say that nonviolent witness to the value of life and the dignity of life to the way evil tries to stamp it out. And so the only thing left is for Anakin to say no to to lift up Darth Sidious and lift up the evil of the Empire and throw it over the ledge. Luke has the wisdom to know that that might happen. He can imagine it happening. He can see it and so he has the hope that if he does not, if he surrenders control, the story might turn out well in the end. The wisdom. There's tremendous patience there to hold back, to not lash out in anger, even for the little bit when he's hiding under the stairs there. Yeah, he's probably terrified, but also. This moment of decision. What should we do? How should I be? Yes, he does end up lashing out. And has has Vader pinned. And it's the very opposite of what, again, what he's hoping to accomplish here. If he kills Vader, then he can then become the Sith Apprentice to Darth Sidious. Again, not you know, the opposite of why he was there. 
So the patience with the rage and the just the adrenaline, the testosterone, the uh, in the moment, the heat of the moment, and the patience to dial it back and calm his breathing, like we see Ray breathing at the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker trailer, to dial that down. Say, I will not fight you. Right. Courage, wisdom, patience, justice. Luke, at the beginning of episode four, has lots of courage. Maybe has a sense of justice, has no wisdom and no patience. He's a farm boy who knows nothing. Luke, at the end of Return of the Jedi, has the courage to face his father and himself. Has the wisdom... The wisdom to know how best to bring out his father back from the dead, really. And the hope that that would come to pass. Has the patience to stick with his plan. To stick with what he knows is best. With what is truly wise. And brings about the justice of... First of all, the return of Anakin, who brings balance to the Force. The end of the Empire, and hopefully the rise of a new Republic. And a just society. What's interesting, is I've said before, the Force is not a superpower. It's not simply about lifting rocks. And this is what Ryan Johnson said. The Force is is wisdom and it's a wisdom not simply the way Sidious uses the force for wisdom quote-unquote to defeat his enemies the wisdom of much like the wisdom of you know the ancient Hebrew tradition of wisdom of the logos the harmony and balance of the way the universe is ordered Right. The will of the force. In that moment, Luke submits fully to the will of the force.